0: After the Great War, the survivors of Appalachia formed the factions which would struggle to rebuild, defend, or pillage. The Enclave plotted to finish the war with China from its bunker below the White Spring, while the Free Staters looked forward to a future without government interference. The Responders, a group of police, firefighters, doctors, and citizen volunteers, banded together to help those in need and bring order from chaos, and rebuild Appalachia. David Thorpe and his Raider gangs became the scourge of the region, taking what they wanted from whomever they wanted building a kingdom for themselves in the Savage Divide. And Taggarty's Thunder joined the Brotherhood of Steel to find and safeguard technology for the future. None of them were prepared for what came next. This special Fallout 76 Modus Files podcast miniseries will follow each of these factions in their final days and hours and reveal the stories of The Last Days of Appalachia. August 18th, 2095. Operation Touchdown has failed. Paladin Taggarty and her best men died in a valiant stand in the glassed cavern. Now the Scorched are massing, scorch Beasts fill the air, and the Horde is bearing down on the remaining defenders of Fort Defiance. We relive the final day of the Appalachian Brotherhood of Steel in this episode of The Last Days of Appalachia, Bitter Defiance.
1: Long gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as Almost Heaven. After nuclear war and disease, it's Far From Heaven now. Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that Almost Heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and many other great and apps, Far From heaven. Fallout 76 story, available now.
2: If you're hearing this, stranger, I'm dead. The Brotherhood is dead. But I'm relieved. Relieved there is someone, anyone, alive. I honestly don't care if you're Chinese, American, or whatever. You're a human being. I don't have much time. But the Scorched are more of a threat than you can ever imagine. You have to find a way past the security I installed. If you're former military, all you need is your government-issued military ID card. If not, find a way. I know some ghost isn't probably very persuasive. But look past your own skin and consider there is so much at stake. We did. And that's why I'm going out to die. Victorium, Scribe Grant,
0: signing out. Scribe Grant, Appalachian Brotherhood of Steel, ejected the holotape from his personal terminal. The building, this Fort Defiant, shook again with a repeated blast from Sierra Bravo's sonic screams. Although Grant couldn't see them, he knew they were out there. Dozens of them, supported by hundreds if not thousands of Sierras. What the Brotherhood called the Scorched. They were massing for the final assault against them. He could hear the few remaining knights and squires jogging down the halls, repairing the last suits of T-60 power armor and hauling the remaining crates of ammunition downstairs. Senior Knight Wilson had been very clear in his orders. This was their final stand. There was no retreat because there was nowhere else to go. And with this enemy, there was no surrender, no prisoners. Everything he'd done, all the work, the coordination with Lost Hills, Operation Touchdown, and even Mission 099-01 had all been for nothing. Taggarty was gone and Operation Touchdown had failed. However many Sierra Bravos they might have killed, more came to take their place. Grant wanted to punch the wall or pound on the table, but instead he set his mind to their final mission. Besides the holotape, which he'd leave downstairs, he had also written a note with further instructions to whomever might come after them. It was on the slimmest of hopes that someone, anyone, would find it after they were gone and continue their work, and maybe, just maybe, stop this plague of monsters once and for all and there was something else that only he knew. Grant had made one last attempt to get their day to the Lost Hills and some acknowledgement of their fate. After touchdown, he'd rigged their long-range transmitter to bounce a transmission off of a piece of orbital debris or non-functioning satellite to the West Coast. It was a long shot, but at least it was theoretically possible. He tried for about a week until a Sierra Bravo destroyed the dish. There was plenty left up there, even if none of it was an actual communication satellite, and maybe one of his attempts got through. Grant doubted they'd ever get a response, but it felt better to have tried than just to have given up. The building rocked again with dust and debris falling down on Grant and his terminal. They were running dangerously low on anti-air missiles. They'd gotten the last of them from the Thorn just yesterday, as they pulled back from their final positions in the bog. Once they were gone, it would only be a matter of time. Grant.
1: Get your ass downstairs, we got Sierras coming up the hill and they've overrun the other positions.
2: More Brotherhood blood, more Brotherhood dead, all the way back to Huntersville, Paladin Swafford, Da Silva, Romeo Squad, Esposito, Marino, Taggarty, the list just went on and on.
3: We few,
0: we happy few. It was a line from a book he'd read long ago. That story, however, had a much better ending. Lost in his own thoughts, Grant almost walked directly into Knight Ido.
3: Watch where you're going, Grant.
0: She was wearing her beat-up T-60 suit of power armor, and Squire Evelyn was busy working on some busted servos.
2: Sorry, Knight. Just trying to close up shop.
0: The building rocked again, and the lights dimmed before returning back to a full glow.
3: Goddamn things just don't stop. Evelyn, how much longer is this going to take? I need to get back out there.
0: Squire Evelyn, her face caked with grease streaked with rivulets of sweat, chewed on her lip as she tried to torque the servos back into place.
3: Just give me another minute. Not my fault you decide to go toe-to-toe with a giant bat. I'm just surprised you managed to make it back in one piece. Like I had a choice. Lucky for me, didn't like the taste of armor, especially when I shoved that minigun down its throat. Grant, why don't you make yourself useful and grab me that hammer?
0: Evelyn pointed over at the workbench. Grant reached over and grabbed a small mallet.
3: Not that one, sledge. The what? Just give me the fucking sledge, Grant.
0: He gave her a funny look and she just pointed again, so he grabbed the sledgehammer from the back of the workbench and handed it to the squire.
3: Hold still, Ido. Here, Grant, put it back. That's the best I can do, Ido. It's fixed as good as it gets. Looks like I'll be able to walk again. Good work, Squire.
0: The knight picked up her helm, then strode over to the weapons rack, grabbing the last assault rifle from the shelf. She gave the two a brief salute before walking over to the elevator and heading downstairs to join the rest of the Brotherhood.
3: I'm going down, you coming
2: Yeah. I just need to run one last check of the generators. Then I'll be there.
0: She nodded before grabbing her rifle off the floor and following Knight Ido. Like the days of old, the squire wasn't going to let her knight die alone. The building shook again, with more plaster falling down on the floor. What made Fort Defiance an excellent base for the Brotherhood now also made it feel like a tomb. Grant stuffed the holotape in his pouch and made a final round of the terminals. His old project was still active, and he hoped that if anyone ever returned, they'd be able to help complete it. The rest were all locked behind their military-grade security. Whoever returned would need to figure out how to breach it. But then again, if they survived, maybe they'd have the smarts to finish what they started. For humanity's sake, he prayed they would. Finally, he stopped by his desk and pulled out the note he had quickly scrawled with another message for who comes after, if anyone. There was nothing more he could do as a scribe. So today, he'd go into battle with his brothers, as one of them, for the very last time. Once he reached the first floor, he found Senior Knight Wilson with Knight Tex and a few others gathered in what used to be the small cafeteria.
1: Grant, is there anyone left upstairs?
2: No, sir! I'm the last.
0: Okay, then. He seemed to stand up a little straighter and addressed what little remained of the Appalachian chapter of the Brotherhood of Steel.
1: Brothers and sisters, knights, squires, and scribes. We've all fought long and hard over these past years, and we've given so much. From Camp Venture and Thunder Mountain to Huntersville and Fort Defiance, the Brotherhood has left its mark in Appalachia. Paladin integrity put us on the path to help reclaim what had been lost and conserve it for future generations. Now that future is in doubt. I know that we had all hoped that Operation Touchdown would succeed. We know that it did not. And we can only assume that those who went with our Paladin died in the attempt. Today we cannot mourn, we cannot turn away, and we cannot give up. As long as a single brother can wield a weapon, we will stand against the rising darkness. For as hopeless as our cause may seem, it is a just cause, and it will be our honor to lay down our lives in the service of that cause. So I ask you all now, what we do, we do for the sake of all mankind. For Paladin integrity, for Appalachia, and for the brotherhood, and victorium!
0: Throughout history, stories were told of famous last stands, Leonidas in the 300, the Siege of Malta, the Alamo, and others. And although many lives were lost, they did not give their lives in vain. And if this was the end of the Brotherhood, they would die as warriors, with their face to the enemy.
3: Let's get out there, brothers! Give them
1: hell!
0: The cheers echoed through the old asylum, and the Knights donned their helms, and their squires made one last check of their weapons. Senior Knight Wilson led the way, silently wishing that Taggarty could see the last ride of the thunder. As the last of the Brotherhood stepped through the doors of the old asylum into the maelstrom, Squire Grant tacked his message to the old bulletin board and placed his holotape next to it before joining them.
1: and cover the south. Sierras are massing along the road. We'll cover the north and the center.
0: Outside, the remaining knights and squires spread out and fired into the host of Sierra Bravos circling Fort Defiance. Two other squires were loading the last of the missiles into the battery, which quickly swiveled and fired into the sky. A few adventurous CR Bravos started swooping closer to the building, dodging missiles to unleash their sonic attacks on the defenders. Grant saw one of the other squires running back towards the building, but he never made it. The blast picked him up and threw him into the side of the barricade. Grant had to look away as the body slumped to the ground, leaving a bloody smear on the wall behind him.
3: Damn it!
0: Ido cursed and fired into the beast as it passed, stitching holes in its wings. There were just so many, not even the anti-air missiles were keeping them from closing in around them. Tex fired his minigun into the air, catching one of the beasts in his sights and staggering it. As it fell to the ground, it wasn't quite dead. It shrieked and got back to its feet, looking for a target. The creature lunged one last time towards the knight, but a lucky shot through the brain seemed to pull its legs out from underneath it, and it slid to a stop at the knight's feet. Just to be on the safe side, Tex took a step forward and emptied the rest of the magazine into the creature's head.
1: Tex! Sierras are swarming up the hill. We're losing the barricades. Start pulling back to the inner courtyard.
3: You heard the man, knights. Cover each other and get back to the courtyard.
0: There were less than a dozen knights left and a handful of squires. As the Sierra Bravos kept circling, a last salvo of missiles rose to the sky before the launcher finally fell silent.
1: This is it, brothers. Here they come.
0: Almost in unison, there was a concerted shriek from the swarm, shaking the barricades and driving the squires to their knees, covering their ears from the deafening sound. From the sides of the building and down the roads came the infected, scorched host, made up of those that used to be human but also every manner of creature from the Cranberry Bog, including Megaslaws, Mirelurks, Giant Ants, Bloodbugs, even Wendigos, all infected and controlled by the scorched hive mind, boiling forth towards the Brotherhood's last valiant defenders. Less seasoned warriors might have run, but not these men and women. They had been Appalachia's shield for nearly a decade. Each and every one of them steeled themselves, pointing their weapons to the sky or towards the Horde, and fired. Miniguns, assault rifles, grenade launchers, even pistols fired by those defenders tore through the attacker's ranks, but still they charged, throwing themselves bodily forward even if they lost arms and legs. They lacked the ability to care or feel. Senior Knight Wilson slammed the last magazine into his minigun, turning it on a group of scorch threatening to overrun their flank. His men, his knights, never wavered, never took one step back. They died where they stood, taking 50 or 100 scorchs with them. Knight Ido used her armor like a battering ram, stomping her enemies underfoot, helping to keep the courtyard clear until the last of the men could take their final positions.
3: Ido, look out!
0: Evelyn yelled to her knight as the huge, scorched yaguai charged forward through the scorched horde. The knight couldn't sidestep the charge, and Ido was staggered as the infected, mutated bear threw itself at her. Then itself was staggered and killed by the squire firing point-blank with her assault rifle. Using the dead creature as a makeshift barricade, both Ido and Evelyn fought side-by-side, keeping the scorched at bay.
2: Paggerty would have been proud.
0: From his position, Grant could see night after night overwhelmed and torn apart by the creatures. Between the explosions, the shrieking of the flying creatures, and even the firing coming from some of the Sierras themselves, the courtyard had turned into a miniature version of hell.
3: Grant! Get down!
0: A flaming ball of acid impacted against Grant's barricade, barely missing his head. Infected anglers were spitting directly at the defenders. One of the other scribes, Grant couldn't tell who it was through the smoke, took a direct hit and fell screaming before being covered in scorched ants. He had to duck again as Knight Ido tossed a plasma grenade into the midst of the anglers, killing or mortally wounding them. However, it was already too late. The next wave was upon them and the Sierra Brabos swooped in to take part in the kill. The last two knights manning the central barricade were being overwhelmed. Creatures of all shapes and sizes scaled the supports and threw themselves on the Knight's guns to clear a path for those coming behind. Squire Evelyn rose to her feet and ran forward yelling a battle cry and firing from her hip, trying to clear some of the scorched away from the Knights. Without power armor it was a suicide charge, but she did her duty, as any squire would have done. Years before, Knight Wilson had once tried to drum Evelyn right out of the Brotherhood for Conduct Unbecoming, but at the end she showed the heart of a lion. Knight Ido gave an anguished cry as she saw her squire firing point-blank into what had once been a human being, now nothing more than a hissing, blackened form, only to watch it tackle her to the ground. Knight Rogers grabbed her by her arm, holding her back from going to Evelyn's aid, for he knew it was already too late.
3: You can't help her. We need to get back to the building. God damn it, I won't leave her. Ido, she's gone. No.
0: The knight felt her heart turn to stone. She raised her rifle, firing magazine after magazine into the horde, even as she and her fellow knights were pushed back to the very doors of Fort Defiance. The entire courtyard was filled with scorched, ripping and tearing at the defenders. And through it all, Scribe Grant was surprised he was still alive. He was down to his last magazine, and the Sierras, the scorched, just kept coming.
3: Damn it, Grant! Get your ass back in the building!
0: Grant felt himself lifted up by a scribe uniform and thrown in the direction of the front doors of Fort Defiance.
3: Tex, will cover you!
0: Tex was just about to say something, but thought better of it. There wasn't anything left to be said. His journey with the Brotherhood was coming to an end, whether right here or inside. But he had one last thing to do. Knight Ido and two other knights made their stand at the entrance to give the remaining Brotherhood time to escape into the building. As Knight Wilson pushed the heavy doors closed, he saw the knights swarmed while firing or swinging their weapons as clubs. They fought until the last, giving their lives for the cause, and for each other. When the door slammed shut, Grant looked up and saw Knight Wilson and Rogers, plus two bloodied knights barring the doors, even as the sounds outside reached a crescendo of gunfire, screeching, and then a final, definitive silence, before the doors nearly buckled inwards from the crush from the outside.
3: Grant, get up. We're finished. You have to get word out to Thunder Mountain, to the Responders, Free States, even those damn Raiders. All of them. I don't care. They need to know. Defiance has fallen.
0: Senior Knight Wilson took off his helmet and for a moment glared at Rogers before his expression softened, and he finally nodded. Grant,
1: get upstairs. Texas is right. They need to know what's coming. Yes, sir. We'll hold them off as long as we can. You don't have a lot of time, so go.
0: Grant looked at the knights one last time and thought, we few, we happy few, before running towards the elevator. As the sierras started peeling the doors open, Wilson turned to Tex and extended his hand. Knight. Tex. It's been an honor.
3: It's been one hell of a ride, Ted.
0: The doors bent inward as the final knights of the Brotherhood of Steel stood side by side for one final time, four knights against the surge. Grant heard the hollow boom of the doors finally giving way, followed by the staccato sound of gunfire and shrieking monsters. Brotherhood would go down fighting to the last. When the elevator doors opened on the top floor, he ran towards the communication center. Without the long-range dish, the best he could expect was a short message to Thunder Mountain. He would warn them. The Scorch would be coming for them. He didn't expect Squire Rosen to run. Quite the opposite, in fact. But they didn't have long.
2: What do I send to the others? The responders don't trust us. We bled together at Huntersville. Then it all went wrong. I couldn't convince Taggarty to work with them. She just wanted their supplies and equipment. I told her it was a mistake. But it didn't make any difference. Now, well, we're all in the same boat. Will the others even listen or care? I don't know. But I can't die without warning them. When Defiance falls... The Sierras. The Scorched. Going to roll over Appalachia like a tidal wave. And I didn't know any way to stop them.
0: Grant got to the terminal and powered it up. The firing from downstairs got louder and closer. He heard a scream. It might have been Knight Wilson, but he couldn't tell over the screeching of the creatures. And he didn't know how long he had, but it wasn't long. He had done all he could. The notes... The holotape, the information he sent to Lost Hills, maybe it would make a difference. Not today, but maybe for the future. Opening the communications channel to Thunder Mountain, he typed one final message, multiple Sierra Bravos inbound thunder, prepare accordingly. And then he opened another channel across every active frequency he could find, responder, free states, even the Raiders. From down the hall, he heard the rapid fire of a minigun before it was cut off by an explosion. After that, the sound of shuffling feet, scurrying legs, and hissing came closer and closer. Grant toggled the circuit and pulled out his service pistol, pointing it at the closed door. Leaning down into the microphone, he spoke a single sentence.
2: Defiance has fallen.
0: Squire Rosen died along with the rest of the Brotherhood contingent at the Thunder Mountain Nuclear Power Plant. She and Squire Gilden made a last stand in the control room as the Scorch breached the walls of the facility. A final terminal entry was a testament to their bravery.
3: I'm writing this report with little hope any brother will ever read this. The Scorch Beasts attack in endless waves. The AAAs are running low on ammo. We had to abandon the roof after being overrun by the Scorched. The Ford team was overrun. Only myself and Squire Gildan are left, and the walls won't hold them out for long. It has been a singular honor to serve. Whoever is reading this, abandon Appalachia, and pray that the Scorched Beasts do not come for you.
0: The last defenses have been breached, and the Brotherhood is no longer the shield protecting Appalachia from the Scorched. As the sun set over the hills... The scorch Beasts fly to the north and west, followed by their thralls, to set themselves upon their unsuspecting victims.
1: Hi, I'm FireRider, and I'm the host of The Pixel People, a podcast dedicated to taking a close look at our favorite characters from our favorite video games, from major characters who define the course of a game's storyline to smaller characters who you might have never noticed. Every week, we go beyond the quest line to examine a particular character's story arc and choices, and discover the real-world parallels and life lessons hidden just below the surface. I hope you'll join us. You can find the Pixel People on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: Thank you for joining us for our second episode of The Last Days of Appalachia. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe, and better yet, please leave a review to help others find us. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Modus Files, for more information about this miniseries and our main podcast, The Modus Files. I'd like to thank our cast, Jason Pinksteel Swift as Scribe Grant, Gray Fox as Knight Wilson, Letitia Lemon as Knight Edo, Squire Evelyn, and Squire Rosen, and Adam Stinson as Tex Rogers. We'd also like to thank Harry Skingle for providing the cover art for our miniseries, and a shout-out to the Apocalyptic Aristocracy Discord, home to a great group of fellow creators, the Robots Radio podcast community, and the rest of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, and Jeremiah Johnson, our favorite character artist, who provided the wonderful character artwork you can find on our website. And lastly, thank you to all of our subscribers and supporters. We look forward to seeing you all again for our next episode in this series, A Walk with Ozymandias.